I found your videos like three months ago and uh, you you offered some hope for the despair that I felt. In LA, I mean, maybe not the worst place. I mean, maybe New York City might've been worse, but LA has been pretty bad. So that's kind of what you're talking about. People getting their power turned off for having people at their house or something. The problems with liberalism, but I hadn't lived long enough to see them enacted in the world to understand the problems with things like too much regulation from the government or just, just too big of government in general. The world has been moving to this totalitarian system for a long time, right? That, that's the trend. And, you know, China has their social credit system and all yeah. that going on. How is that fair to people who've negotiated their rate to work at and now you're devaluing their labor? I didn't elect you to do that. <laughs> yeah, I became a gold bug in like 2008 after the great financial crash. Then I realized it wasn't so much a gold bug, I was more of a sound money advocate. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Market Disruptor Show. And today I am sitting down with Jessica Vaughn. Um, she is a new entrant into the Bitcoin space and she is disrupting things at a pretty rapid scale. Um, it's been pretty amazing to see this transition that she's had and um, she has such amazing insights. Um, and I just wanted to bring her on and share it with the world. So I'm not gonna go into too much. Let's just go ahead and welcome you on. Jessica, thank you so much for joining today. Thanks for having me. All right. So, um, yeah, you've uh, you've kind of stormed the scene. You started throwing rocks at the Fed. Got a lot of attraction that way. Um, and you've been you you had this interesting perspective. And I I want to bring this on so a lot of more people can kind of hear about this. You you had just made the comment about you know save yourself and then save other people. And so um, let's dive into that. Before we do, maybe just kind of give us a, a quick rundown. Um, you're you're hot on the scene. Uh, where'd you come from and what are you doing? Well, um, I have been a model for about a decade now, live, live in Hollywood, do production all the time, different uh, roles in Hollywood. So, so uh, that's been fun, but then the shutdowns came. Mm -hmm. So that's interrupted uh, my life a little bit, a little, a lot of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, did, did uh, some magazines, notably Playboy, FHM, Maxim, those types of uh, publications. So now I'm just sort of carrying my uh, brand forward, trying to adapt to a new world. Yeah. Have some interest in, uh, you know, NFTs. And of course, bought Bitcoin about two weeks ago. So I found your videos like three months ago. And yeah. uh, you, you offered some hope for the despair that I felt about um, changes in our country, in our world. So um, I wanted to give Bitcoin a chance because it's one thing that's felt productive to me uh, moving forward because everything else, the understanding the reality of what's happening uh, brought me a lot of depression. So Bitcoin was the first thing that felt productive that I yeah. could have done about it and felt like I was doing anything that was constructive for myself at all. So, yeah. So I want to dig into that because I want to tell that story. Uh, but yeah, so you got in about two weeks ago. I think you used my ref link with Swan. So yes. Swan Bitcoin and uh, myself, we got you, we orange pilled you, we'll say that. Uh, but so, you know, you kind of have this story where you kind of had like, uh, as you said, like the tale of two mothers, right? So you kind of had this worldview that uh, might have changed maybe where you had like, I hate to put labels on things, but hey, just a real quick interruption to let you know that this video is brought to you ad free by BlockFi. Now they're giving you the ability to hodl your Bitcoin and your crypto as it goes up in value. And at the same time, you can earn high yielding interest on it. So you can basically hold it for all the upside potential, and then you can make cash flow off of it at the exact same time. Now opening an account super fast, <clears throat> super simple, and they've offered to give me up to $250 for every signup. But 
I told them, you know what, let's give it back to you. So you can now go and you can get the $250 whenever you set up your account. And all you have to do is just check the link in the description for details, set up an account, super quick and easy, and earn up to $250 brought to you by BlockFi. So check them out. But maybe a more liberal or left worldview and maybe more have kind of seen things, started to see things differently now. Um, you you said something to me before that like, um, once you see these things, you can't unsee them. Yeah. So like, what started to change? Was it like the lockdowns that then started having you see different things or like, what was the things that you've seen that you can't unsee? Yes, I was very much a team liberal for all of my voting life. Um, there were, I, I always had an open ear to what conservatives said about the problems with liberalism, but I hadn't lived long enough to see them enacted in the world to understand the problems with things like you know, too much regulation from the government or just, just too big of government in general. Uh, but the shutdowns in LA really made me see that um, as somebody that worked in the gig economy space um, for freelance production in Hollywood, um, it it halted it halted my income entirely with no opportunity, no explanation, and here we are a year later. It's the same situation. Yeah. Um, so it 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 was a shock. It was a shock to see everything that the other side had told me about. And then yeah. I got to see it and then they were turning people's waters, water off and power if they were having guests at their house and just just definitely all the problems with government overreach. Yeah. I got to see it front row. Yeah, I don't think you said, or we talked about, but I mean, you're in Los Angeles. So uh, yeah. my, my uh, previous home state uh, in California, and, uh, and we were kind of talking about offline. I mean, California was kind of ground zero, right? So yeah. LA, I mean, maybe not the worst place. I mean, maybe New York City might've been worse, but LA has been pretty bad. So that's kind of what you're talking about. People getting their power turned off for having people at their house or something, right? Yeah, I'm, and there's been three times, you know, uh, marches for various causes outside the door and you don't really necessarily want to be front, front and center for all this stuff, but, but it is accelerated change in me more than other states and other people that I think would be less effective other than New York, like you said. Yeah. So, so it happened to me quickly, but I think it will happen to more Americans over time when they see the consequences of these changes. Yeah. So then you start to see like uh, the government overreach and you start to see, you know, as you said, like shutting, locking people down, turning off their power. Um, taking away their ability to earn money, things like that. Yeah. Um, and then I could see that you were starting to get like pretty unhappy voicing that, that, that anger. Um, but then like, what do you do about it? Right. So then like you see all the problems, but the political mm -hmm. system's way too big. What are you going to do about it? Um, and I think maybe, I guess, what, what was your, what were your thoughts there at some point? You said that like um, my video started to bring a little bit of hope, but I guess before that, like, were you just thinking like, man, this system is just so big. There's no way to change this. What am I going to do? I'm just going to talk about it. Or, or you just had no hope, I guess. Well, I, I pretty much immediately, I started speaking out about it. And um, um, if anybody's observed this, they'll, they'll know when, when you are a liberal and you have a diverging opinion, you get spit out of the machine really quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I got to experience what that was like, lose some friends, lose some family, lose wow. some, you know, clients, that type of thing. Uh, but at the same time, we come from a country of free speech, you know, and so I didn't, so that accelerated the understanding of what, you know, cancel culture was and why 
I am for rejecting that. So I'm excited about the opportunity going forward to have an economy where we don't do that to each other. If mainstream is going to do that, then we look out for each other because we do support free speech. So um, Bitcoin was another opportunity to implement that and feel productive about what what I was doing. So yeah, yeah, like what the heck happened, right? Like we used to like be able to like talk about things, like be open, and especially being in Hollywood. I mean, man, you can't talk about anything that might be oh. deemed conservative or against that that liberal mindset. It's crazy how things and and how fast things have shifted like that. Well, and so many people have uh, messaged me behind the scenes and said, hey, I work in Hollywood. I agree with you, but I'm not allowed to diverge from the mainstream opinion in this way without you know, serious consequences. So yeah. I decided that was all crazy. And so I doubled down more on you know, saying what I believe is true and obvious to a lot of people. They just aren't willing to have the backbone. So if I might not have a lot of sense, but I got a lot of backbone. So, <laughs> well, that's good. You make up for it in backbone. Yeah. It's been crazy um, to see how fast, like those, even like you said, friends and whatnot, family relationships can dissolve. Um, I guess COVID has been a, uh, a, an accelerant on everything. And yeah. uh, I mean, down in orange County where I'm at, I mean, you know, still pretty conservative group, but man, so many of my good friends and stuff, like we just, we just don't see eye to eye anymore. And it's been uh it's been, been been pretty bad, but um, that, but that does make new opportunity to make a new community, which has been rewarding. Yeah, it went really sure. fast. The Bitcoin community is really welcoming and amusing. Yeah. They're making so, they're making uh, they're making videos of me, you know, with laser eyes and all that kind of art. So super fun. <laughs> so um, I guess what were some of the things um, that were really bothering you the most? I mean. Um, was it like not being able to work? Was it like this cancel culture? Was it like the school system? Like, what were the things that I guess maybe had you the most worried if, if you can think back on that? Uh, well, turning off my ability to work at the wave yeah. of the hand, like I, um, never thought, I, I thought the, the government was there to just protect your constitutional rights so you could help yourself. Right. But I never expected them to be the barrier to actually meet, like I, it wasn't this virus, it was their response to it. Yep. So it was very concerning to me that they could just stop the flow of the machine of, you know, just it, international travel, everything that comes through LA and um, everything with um, production, just requiring a, you know, a well-oiled machine that rolls. Yeah. So I got to see how just throwing one rock in that, what that was like in yeah. the years of being productive. Um, yeah. The reason why I asked that is because uh, I, you know, I, I seen you posting all this stuff and this anger. Uh, I, I hate to say anger, but you know, disillusionment. It's anger. Okay, <laughs> anger, uh, disillusionment, whatever you want to call it. And um, so, yeah, a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was a month ago, I'm like, Jessica, like, what about Bitcoin? Have you taken a look at it? Right? Maybe you should come over here. And mm -hmm. your comment was, or your reply was that um, I'm not into finance. I'm not into money. And um, and, and that's a typical response um, and, that, and that's fine. But the reason why I was asking kind of like what the problems were that you were seeing is because I believe like almost like if you had like this giant oak tree with like thousands of leaves on it and every leaf is a problem. Every leaf is a problem that we might have and we can discuss each leaf by leaf, but at the bottom, at the root is the money. Yeah. And so like, if we can fix the money, all those problems on the, all those leaves can go away. Um, and so, um, so, you, so, you, so you jumped in and now... I guess, are you starting to see that? And I, I want to see some of these problems that you're seeing. So 
like uh, the government, their overreach, like they're too big. So if we could defund them some, if we could pull back their ability to print money, then we can limit their overreach, right? That'd be like, that'd be one example. Um, brilliant, so I'd I, vote for you. Huh? That was brilliant, I love it. Limit government, I'll vote for you. Yeah, right, well. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing, like libertarians never wanna take over the world and so they're not motivated in the same way so they can't get the same traction. And it's, there, there does seem to be a lot of solutions that are just out of the grip of immediate reach. Um, but to solve the problems we can, at least opting into a monetary solution seemed sensible to me. It seemed well within my reach. Yeah. So you sold me on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, what I've been uh, super excited about just, I mean, really, well, for a long time, but really things are starting to happen pretty quickly here. And it's like, the political system is captured, right? Like trying to change that, trying to fix that at this point is probably never going to happen. Try to fix the education system, try to fix the health system. Like none of that is going to, is going to happen, but. Well, well, it's aggressively going in the opposite direction of solutions that you and I might think would be the obvious way to move forward. They're going the opposite direction. So that, that, you know, compounded my frustrations. Yeah. And it's like, what do we do about that? Like, I mean, uh, the, the school system, I mean, it's just so far gone at this point. And, and uh, one of the things I, I noticed is that, you know, as they've tried to build it up, centralize it, and they've tried to scale it, their interests actually go against what our interests are. Um, and so what we can do is we can just, okay, go ahead, go have that system. We'll just come over here and just build our own system over here. Like, never mind us. We'll just go create a new money system. Yeah. And then off that new money system, we can create a new education system and we'll create a new health system over here. Um, and, uh, and, and that, that gives me hope, right? So you kind of look at things like the world has been moving to this totalitarian system for a long time, right? That, that's the trend. And, you know, China has their social credit system and all yeah. of that going on, which I know you're aware of. And that's like the trend and like what breaks that trend? Like at, at what point did the government wake up and go, ah, we have too much power. Why don't we give us a little bit of freedom back, you know? Yeah, like, it's, their, it's the culmination of all their dreams over all the years, you know, right yeah. now. So <laughs> kind of spooky. Yeah, exactly. Right. So at like what point do they just wake up and decide to give it back to you? Right. So I don't think they do. Uh, in my opinion, um, what breaks that is, is competition. And so um, just like I left California and uh, a lot of other people have left California, they've gone to Texas and now the governor's being recalled. Maybe, hopefully <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Right. But um, you know, Californians realize like, shoot, if we don't make a change, like we're going to be dead in the water and um, eventually we'll get governments competing for us. And I think that's what Bitcoin enables. So, so you're new to Bitcoin. Um, you use Swan Bitcoin. Um, and uh Tell me about your experience, like being onboarded, because I didn't really help you out with that mu too much, right? I just said, hey, you should think about buying Bitcoin, and you did. You jumped in. How's that experience been? Pretty st straightforward. I, I don't uh, understand a lot of things, you know, hot storage and cold storage and all these things. But I, I but I like in um, intellectual endeavors. It's fun to learn, mm -hmm. and since I have all this newfound time, um, entering into something, it's it almost feels more interesting to me that I have no real financial understanding of old world stuff because now I don't have to at least have to overcome old ideas. It's the best. But I can 
learn Bitcoin and everything because it's such a popular topic now. And luckily there's educators like yourself that are trying to help people wrap their head around a lot of these things. So um, it, it hasn't been too overwhelming and, and I don't think necessarily to participate, you have to know everything right away, so. I, I mean, I think to your point, it's perfect. I mean, the more educated you are in the financial system, almost the harder time you have seeing it, right? And that's why you see some of the biggest and best known investors like Ray Dalio, just like, I can't get my head around this um, because he just, he's so ingrained in a system that's completely false and fake that he can't see any other way. Well, and pe people like him are still advantageous in the process of me having, not having any uh, financial understanding to, to grow from, um, but to teach pe people that, teach you the cash is trash. At least that's at least a streamlined understanding that, that we all have. Yeah. So, it, but it seems like people's solutions to the problem are just different. Um, you know, a lot of people still doubling down on precious metals and, and making a case for that, but it doesn't mean that they're not educating big, uh, future Bitcoiners in the process to tell you why fiat is terrible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's a good point. And, and I've made that case several times. I became a gold bug in like 2008 after the great financial crash. Then I realized it wasn't so much a gold bug. I was more of a sound money advocate and Bitcoin is yeah. just a better form of sound money. So they are fighting that same battle and they're both doing that same education. Hey, just another quick interruption to let you know that this video is brought to you ad free by BlockFi. Now they allow you to hold onto your Bitcoin and your other cryptos for all the potential upside. And at the same time, you can earn high yielding interest on it. So it basically cash flows. Now with BlockFi, you can earn up to 8.6% interest. You can also borrow against your crypto as well. It's super fast. It's super easy to set up an account. And right now you can get up to $250 when you set up your account. Check the link in the description that I have for details in order to claim that $250 because BlockFi is the future of finance. Just check the link in the description for all the details of how to claim your $250 today. So like for you and I, for like freedom lovers, it's like, I might not like what you say, but like, I respect your right to say it. I have a right not to listen to it, right? But they believe that um, words are violence. So by you saying something they don't like, they consider that violence. Now, I know you're an MMA fan. <laughs> I've done martial yeah. arts most of my life. I've trained yeah, Muay Thai. We're, we're, we're of the variety that, um, you know, even violence isn't really violence. So I might be too far the other direction on that to think that words are violence. But yeah, I saw that one of um, our mixed martial artists, um, Israel Adesanya, lost a BMW deal because he made some comment, you know, in just general shit talking to another fighter. He made some rape comment like, oh, I'd rape you. That's something, uh, something like that, that just meant totally dominate you in this situation, right. hypothetically. And he lost his BMW endorsement for that. Wow. I don't know people. I, and I've seen like on these college campuses where they think it's like violence. Like, and so if you say things to me that I don't like, I have the right to defend myself, which means beating you up. Like that's like, uh, it's pretty wacko, but I think about it like, um, you know, like a lion. I mean, any animal, right? Like you take a lion, a proud lion in the jungle, and um, it's a rough life for them. I mean, they're the king of the jungle, but they got to fight other lions. They may go weeks without eating if ever, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a tough life for them, um, but they're free. But you could put them in a cage and you could give them their antibiotics and you can give them their one meal a day and they'll be safe but they live in a that cage. That isn't what lions want. Yeah. But they, but they live in a cage, right? The mm -hmm. problem is, is once a lion lives in a cage, 
you can't put them back into the wild. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we're at. We have like all these people, not that they were all lions, but I mean, they can't just go live back in the wild anymore. Yeah. But um, something super interesting that you'd be, uh, I'm going to do a video on it. So you can wait till I do the video on it. But um, there's a book called The Fourth Turning. Have you ever heard of that? No. So everything in life has like cycles. So like this, we have like summer, winter, spring, fall kind of a thing. Um, and so markets are meant to go up and down. Seasons go up and down. Things change, right? Um, what the government wants is no bad things to happen. So we have to make everything flat. But like you don't know joy without pain, right? You don't know joy. Without pain. So well, that's you, the whole argument to not take antidepressants unless you're literally going to kill yourself tomorrow if we don't stop this because... You know, they want to stabilize your mood, but you just to avoid feeling down here, you can't feel. Yeah. Ascension. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. You have to feel bad sometimes yeah. <laughs> without feeling. And so and I, I think part of that to that to that point, you have to you have to know that it's OK to feel bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing about, you know, taking drugs all the time is like I, I, I remember uh, when when ecstasy was really, really big a long time ago. And it's like every day shouldn't be the best day of your life. Like it's not supposed to, you know, it's not supposed to be like that. But anyway. Well, yeah. You definitely interfere with your own um, momentum that the signals of life or your feelings are just a thermometer about what's happening. Yeah. And if you're dull and numb and, and uh, otherwise impair all of those things. How are you yeah. really getting the signals that you're supposed to be getting to know that it's time to change or get away from this person or grow in this direction? Yeah, exactly. So we have like these like natural laws of the universe. I talked about one earlier, like deflation versus the Fed is trying to cause inflation, right? But like um, we have these natural cycles. And so um, you can look back through history and see these cycles. And one of them, there's like this 90 year cycle and every 90 years it repeats and it's called the fourth turning. So basically you might've heard this one before where it's like um, hard times bring good men, good men bring good times, Mm -hmm. good times bring weak men, weak men bring bad times. Yeah. bad times bring good men. Right. And it's a cycle. Yeah. That's the, that's the fourth yeah, turning. We have entered into the soft. Now all the men are very soft. So yes. I mean, they're take, they're, I mean, they're trying to get rid of masculinity altogether, you know? Yeah. Well, in China, so, they're not doing that. That's one thing that they don't broadcast, but in China. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not weakening the, they're not softening their men and normalizing a lot of things that they're trying to normalize here they're witnessing all that they're like look they're going to destroy america's going to destroy itself yeah yeah for sure so um one what's interesting about that is um you know another natural law is that you have to sow before you can reap right you have to you have to produce before you can consume like that's a natural law what happens is in that fourth turning is you have this whole group of people that that were so good they created so much wealth that then you have a whole nother generation that's able to live off of that without ever producing anything. Mm-hmm. So we have this whole generation of people who have never had to create, never had to produce, and they just think that's normal. They feel entitled to the labors of other people. Yeah. So uh, we know how that ends. And unfortunately, um, things aren't looking real good, but on the other side of it, there's hope. So yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, de- it's depressing and all, but yeah, there's a big, I feel it. I certainly just want it as much as I love LA. Like I just want away from people that think this way because it's, it's scary when you think about it. If you extrapolate it out to the worst situations that aren't all that uncommon, like go back to Kansas. 
no, <laughs> I don't see myself doing that. Well, too conservative, but if this were going to be a shorter period of time, but the fact that it's also already been a year and it's only getting worse and they're going to do more of it. Like, I just want to go be around people that understand why you have your first amendment and why you have your second amendment. Yeah. Just basic things. I thought that we all shared, I thought that we all shared these values, but it comes to find out um, we don't. Yeah. And so that's why I don't want to be, especially not in Hollywood. Yeah. And I was hearing someone say it the other day and they were saying how like, um, I love like America, but I love the American values. Right. Yeah. So the, the values that made America what it is today, the values that made America great. Like, that's what I love. Um, I don't love the America that's it's becoming right. Yeah. Um, my neighbor, well, the, value, the values are, are also the responsibilities that come with with the rights and everybody wants to talk about the rights, but not enough about the responsibilities that have to come with that. That's the rub. That's the rub. People want the freedom, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with it. Yeah. I want the freedom to go do whatever I want, but I don't want to have to bear the consequences of what happens. Right. Yeah. And that's so. just, an, that's just a child worldview. It's not, it's not that it's so bad. It's just that, you know, uh, you're just idealistic. Right. But it, these things don't work in the real world. And I think what they've done with this victim culture, right? Where it's like, you can't get ahead, Jessica, because you're a female, or you can't get ahead because you're a female and a minority, or you can't get ahead because you're a female, a minority, and a gay. And you, you know, and it's like like this race yeah. to the bottom, right? This identity politics. Um, but if they can make you feel like you can't get ahead because of whatever well, problems you have, then you need a savior, right? Now you need yeah. a savior. So you can't get ahead, but don't worry, we're going to come in and we're going to save you. And then you become even more dependent almost. Yeah, oh, exactly. Um, and, you know, I guess that's one thing that I love so much about fight culture is, is that nobody's a victim. Like you have to like <laughs> to fight for your life, fight for your freedom. Everybody fights for something. Yeah. So it's analogous to all of life, the fight game for me. Yeah. What's, what's, up, what's up with the fight game in you? uh it's just it, I, it just um reaches in a primal place in me i suppose i don't know i was working on doing sports media and the journalism side of it and all that before the shutdowns came i did oh, really? like hall of fame inductions and ran camera for some of that oh really so yeah so i i um was working in the space doing some podcasting and stuff like that which i suppose i could i could pick back up but podcasting in the way that like I would sit with a journalist friend and he'd be like, so what do you think is going to happen with this match and stuff like that in person in the same room. So yeah, this did isn't as fun, but it's better than nothing since, you, since everything in the fight world, like slammed to a screeching halt. I, I saw that Dana White's going to do an event in Florida that sold out in a matter of days. So biggest gate. Did you see I had Kenny Florian on? Yes. That's yeah. I, I, um, I did. That was a good one twice i've had him on now he i had him on like a year and a half ago uh he was like a big fan i was like surprised i was like what <laughs> i'm yeah. a big fan like let's, let's have you on he's super smart man yeah he is he really gets it well um yeah that's about all i got that's the questions i have of course uh we're excited to see your journey into it and, and see you participate um i know you're a writer and and, and we could tell right you're, you're pretty eloquent with your words um yeah I just do my videos because I don't have those that those bigger words, but uh, <laughs> but it's good stuff. All right. Well, um, I guess with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And uh, and thanks for joining us. No, oh, thanks for having me. All right.
Bye.